Hello, and welcome to Teachers Off Topic. I'm Becca. And I'm Britt. And we decided to switch it up this week, and I took the bull by the horns to kick us off. We know how to live on the edge. (laughs) Right? So, Of course, I am so giddy (laughs) over it. No, she's not giddy. I knocked her off of a routine, and she was like, wait, what? You're going to start it? (laughs) And all you can do is laugh, because I don't know what to do. (laughs) I like it, though. I like it. You did great. You sound great. Thank you so much. I have the perfect voice for a podcast. Not me. (laughs) What? Oh my goodness, golly wally gracious. Anyway, how has your week been? Mm, You know, so I don't know why this week was so exhausting. I think because I was just pulled left and right. Oh, guess who taught kindergarten again you (laughs) for all you kindergarten teachers out there first off you guys deserve a huge raise and like half the students and a lot more wine Ooh, sign me up oh wait I taught kinder last year oh I literally don't know how I loved it. It was so did much you? fun. I did. You know what teaching different grade levels is like? It's what? like sauerkraut. Like either you really like that grade or you really hate that grade. <laughs> yes, I just compared teaching to sauerkraut. And that's our <laughs> podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We out. Mic drop. Boom. Have a great week, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Why did I choose sauerkraut? I don't know what that's what I was like. What? I'm like, sauerkraut of all the things, but I was just gonna let listen, you know. sauerkraut, either you love it or you hate it. Kindergarten, either you love it or you hate it. Like we look at each other like ill. How could you do that? Like I look at high school teachers like huh. <laughs> and they look at us like huh. Yep. Like even Matt, my husband, he's just like, I don't know how you do that every single day. And I'm like, oh, I love it. And he's like, ill. Ew, David. Sorry, that's from Shit's Creek, and you wouldn't know it because you're not watching it. I have watched it. Like how many episodes? Six. Okay, that's acceptable. Thank you. I tried. I'll allow it. <laughs> I tried, and then it went right back to my Grey's Anatomy, and now I'm rewatching it. So Ain't nothing wrong with rewatching stuff you like. I, I mean... like falling asleep to it. Oh, nice. That's but I have my shows that I watch like that I've never seen before. I think I said it last week. Right. So, you know, but I did just come from dinner at my in-laws. Ooh, how was that? They made some chicken curry dish. It was so good. With this like curry, sweet potato, chickpeas. Oh, so good. Nummy nummies. Oh, and then I had a cheesecake. I love cheesecake so much. I know. It was like a strawberry cheesecake. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That is another inside fact into our friendship. Mm -hmm. We love cheesecake so much. So much. We always share some type of cheesecake when we're together because we don't see each other very often. So one of our dates always includes a cheesecake. As well as like we always go out and do something. Yes. Well, of course. Why would I visit and we don't do anything? 
just gonna sit around and stare at each other, play on our phones. We have done that, not playing yeah. on the phones, but we have like right after I had was it Riker? Mm-hmm. Because I had my C-section. <laughs> that was intense. We didn't well, really have a choice. We didn't, but I mean, it was good. So, how was your week? My week was good. So as you know, I was off this week because I'm one of the weirdos that gets a whole week off for President's Week. (sighs) I'm so jealous. Wild sauce. Um, But it was just, again, really, really nice to get that brain break from the computer because it's just, it's exhaust, like it's exhausting sitting in front of a computer every day. And I get like, it's not the same, like, I mean, it's not the physical exhaustion, but it's just, I mean- this pandemic, everything, you know, people's mental health, like sitting in front of my computer all day, every day, teaching my kids and recording lessons and making things fun and interactive and engaging. I mean, it's hard and it takes a lot of brain power. So at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. My eyes hurt. My head. Yeah. That's not good for your face or your face. (laughs) It's your eyes. either (laughs) that lighting um but I mean again like it was just nice to have a week to myself to just kind of decompress regroup and um I did some relaxing I had some fun and now I'm kind of ready to hit the ground running and do it again (laughs) I would kill for a week of silence (laughs) Right. Like we every week and for the past month, we've had people staying with us. Oh, wow. So it's been my brain is tired of socializing. And then I see kids all day and then my own children. <laughs> a lot going on, girl. A lot going on. Well, I was talking to my in-laws about uh, how I feel a bit of depression coming on. Mm-hmm. And my father-in-law goes, you know, it could be that we're in a pandemic and all this isolation. I looked at him and I was like, we're not isolating. This is not isolation. Right. I was like, I have done just about everything I would normally do just with a mask over my face. I still go to work every single day. I still hang out with people every single day and see them and talk to my neighbors. And I mean, we went out to a couple of restaurants this weekend. It's everything's the same, just with a small mask over your face. So really... I, this is like the new norm for us, but we're not stuck inside or not supposed to go, like not, not supposed to go to places. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, like how indoor dining still isn't open for us. Yes. And ours is. Oh, it's, I'm over it. (laughs) I just, I mean, I understand some things. I understand. I don't understand some things. It's just, I I'm I am ready for life to go back to, you know, semi-normalcy. See, I feel like your semi-normalcy is what we're doing right now. Right. Which is kind of nice. Have you seen the memes going around about um what should we wear for the anniversary of the 14-day flatten the curve? Uh no. Stand? so there's memes going around like how like kind of how the world stopped turning on march 13th last year yeah so like there there are memes going around saying you know what are you gonna wear for the anniversary of the two week stay at home flatten the curve order it's like it's almost turned into a year-long thing it's Um, just wild i know this is just so 
beyond like my comprehension of we are living history right now and this is the first time we have truly encountered this in this situation. Like, yes, there was the Spanish flu, but travel wasn't like what it is today. It just, I mean, so different and so crazy. It is. I, yeah. Hmm. It's wild. It's crazy, crazy, crazy south. Yes. Uh, but the snow is finally melting. Oh, yay. That's good. So we went through what, like a three week I mean, most of the United States did, but I mean, negative 50, that's pretty tough, even for us up here. (laughs) We had a couple schools closed down uh, because their pipes froze. Wow. So, you know, a couple buses were very, very late because of the icy conditions and, but we made it. And of course it goes from negative 50 to tomorrow's going to be 43. That's insane a 90 degree difference that's insane I know that's why like when I go outside right now with the t-shirt on and it's only like 40 degrees my mom's like you're crazy and I'm like it feels like a heat wave (laughs) so that's life in Montana oh Montana (laughs) okay so I have to tell you I did something different for the article this week Ooh. okay I went back to true crime Yes. Yes. And it's not an article. I did my research, uh, got most of my information from history.com and a couple news newspaper articles. Uh, but I love it because it goes back to, you know what I'm realizing? What? Dang. I got to talk to my therapist about this. This is like another one of a student stabbing the teacher. <laughs> Uh-oh. I just realized it. Well, well, you know, yeah, no, the good ones. Apparently, students like to, when they hurt their teachers, it's stabbings, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really long silence. I know, it was a little awkward. Good thing you can pull it out. <laughs> I got this. I was listening, I could hear my husband just turn on the shower upstairs. <laughs> oh. So I was thinking in my head, like, can they hear this? Can I you hear anything? No. Sweet. Come on, I don't think. No, I don't. No, we're good. Okay, cool. Cool beans. <laughs> All right. So this tragic incident happened back in 1997. So let's take it back, as my students would say, to the late 1900s. Oh, my goodness. Nothing makes you feel old when they refer to your time like that. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise, guys. Jeez Louise. Okay, so I'm going to introduce you to both the victim and the murderer, sort of, we think. Not entirely sure. Okay. So Jonathan Levin, who was 31 at the time, was the son of Gerald. Gerald? Gerald. I'm going to go with Gerald. Levin, Gerald, Aaron, like that. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Back to the story. So Gerald, his dad was the chairman of Time Warner. Okay. But Jonathan chose to be an English teacher at a high school in the Bronx instead of living that life of privilege. Uh, He was praised by his students for giving them 
for giving to them selflessly. Uh, and he had a really great ability to raise their self-esteem. And some of his students displayed a sign at, Mr. at his funeral declaring, we are his kids. So the bad guy, Corey Arthur was a student in Jonathan's class, English class at Taft High School between the years of 1993 and 1994. The young teacher apparently took to the troubled youth under his wing or took him under his wing. And at that time, they were close. And so in a two-page handwritten th thank you note that the student, Corey, wrote to Mr. Levin in 1993, he called the teacher his true and only friend in the world. So this kid Aww. wrote his teacher a two-page note thanking him. It said, you have shown me that it is all right to step in and help someone. You have shown me not all people want to use and exploit me. It concluded, wherever I get in life, I owe it to you. And for that, I am entirely grateful. I am also lucky and most happy to call John Levin my friend. Thank you. Isn't Aww. that sweet? Too bad he murders That's him. So I'm all like, but wait. But wait a <laughs> second. So the teacher, Mr. Levin, wrote in a paper for a grad school class he was taking at the time that, and he spoke about Corey often. So in this paper, he said that Mr. Arthur showed promise and that reading the note from Mr. Arthur nearly brought him to tears. He said, I have never met a 16-year-old who had been through and seen what he has and seems incredibly rough and intimidating on the outside. And yet he harbors some positive goals and aspirations that he can share with no one because most of his peers would find them ridiculous. So from the sounds of it, they had a pretty good relationship and very close, but it sounds like Corey was probably not in the right crowd. Right. Which is always sad. So let's get to the murder. In All May right. of, I know. I'm all like, yes. Yes, at the expense of Jonathan Levin. We're sorry for your loss, Mr. Levin. Okay. In May of 1997, Jonathan Levin was stabbed and shot to death in his Upper West Side apartment in New York City. When he didn't show up for work, investigators searched his apartment and found his lifeless body bound to a chair with duct tape. His bank card was missing from his wallet and $800 had been removed from his account around the time that he was killed. So police learned from Le Mr. Levin's answering machine that, yes, they still had answering machines, that Corey Arthur, a former student, called Levin on May 30th to arrange a meeting. Apparently, Arthur, the student, and his accomplice, Monton Hart, tortured Levin with a kitchen knife in order to get him to tell them his credit, credit card, debit card code. So they duct taped him tortured him in order to get that code they turned on the vacuum cleaner and stereo to cover up his screens oh my god that's so sick so all of this the torture every they tortured him so that they could get that code the pin number <sighs> arthur arrested or arrested a week after the murders first claimed that he had been at mr levin's apartment smoking crack when two other men came in and killed him however his story lost its credibility at trial when his fingerprints were found on the duct tape. Wow. Really? You're not even going to wear gloves? Well, like, what like, I was just smoking crack when these guys came in. Like, what? Yes, I was smoking crack. They came in, killed only him, and then I left and didn't tell anybody. I was just like, bye. Yep. 
That's exactly it. So even after finding his fingerprints, Arthur still denied being the one who pulled the triggle. Triggle. Jesus, my speech impediment's coming back. <laughs> the trigger of the fatal shot. So he's claiming, yes, he tortured him, but no, he didn't kill him. It's so much better. Oh. Yeah, that just makes it so much better. I know, it's crazy. So, Corey Arthur was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to the maximum allowed term of 25 years to life in prison in 1998, with the judge concluding that Mr. Arthur had taken sadistic pleasure in the crime and shown no remorse. His accomplice, however, Monton Hart, was acquitted on the same charge in February 1999. While Hart had written a confession, jurors were not able to find out how it was obtained and felt it was unreliable. Hart was freed after jurors found that he was too drunk and wasted to trust the 11-page confession he signed during an NYPD interrogation. To me, that's just weird. Yeah. So he was there for all of it, but doesn't get a single charge? Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. Like Whether you're drunk or not, you still took part in the murder of somebody. Yeah. So Hart's second chance at life um, didn't, it didn't persuade him to leave the life of crime. So since the not guilty verdict, Hart has been arrested numerous times on charges, including criminal sale of a controlled substance, narcotics possession, and possession of a defaced machine gun in 1999. But the most serious charges came in 2020, this last year, when Hart was arrested after a year-long joint investigation by NYPD in in the Brooklyn's DA office revealed he was selling guns in Brooklyn from suppliers who trafficked, trafficked, trafficked? No, trafficked. 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 Trafficked the weapons up from the iron pipeline pipeline from southern states. So he's trafficking illegal weapons. And that finally took him down. So he had, I mean, imagine if when he was on trial for Jonathan Levin's murder, if he had been charged and found guilty, he wouldn't have committed all of these other crimes. No, he wouldn't have. So clearly he is not a good person. (laughs) But I mean, I think we see it so many times with these types of cases. People get away with murder all the time. I mean, there are so many big ones, you know, like Scott Peterson, uh, Casey Anthony, like all of these wild cases. Oh, Jay Simpson. It literally, the proof is in the put. Like you couldn't get more evidence yep and crazy free and it's still you know it's like what so Corey arthur is still in prison today and still insists that he did not pull the trigger she will be eligible for parole in 2020 or sorry 2022 so next year he'll go in front of the parole board so one of the what was fascinating was reading the accounts from all the reporters who interviewed him, they had talked about, even up until they last interviewed him, which was 2020, how polite he is. They said, if you had met him just on the street, you would not think he is a criminal. 
And so people were saying that even way back when, when he was just a kid. Mm -hmm. And so it just, and then the other one continued to live a bad life. So I'm like, did they put the wrong one in jail? No, because both of them should have ended up in jail. Exactly. Because they're both wild. And guilty and took part in it. Um, Guilty. Well, I love that. Oh, no, officer. I was just smoking crack. I didn't pull the trigger. Nobody said he was smart. (laughs) Like, like, no, it doesn't like it does not work like that. That's funny. It's not a lot. I was just smoking crack. Like, like, that's like the new tagline. Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just smoking some crack. That's all. Yeah, wasn't me. I was just smoking crack. Title of the episode? I was just smoking crack. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. (laughs) Anyway, so this whole case brought up a lot of debate within the community about do like how close of a relationship should students and teachers have? And the reason why it brought it up was uh, Mr. Levin had taken particular interest in troubled teenagers trying to help them out. And he would often meet up with them after school hours and things like that to help fill out applications for college and just help them out here and there. And so people said, you know, if he had kept it professional and only during the hours of school, perhaps it wouldn't have gone that far. And my opinion is that's bullshit. So Mm -hmm. I was like, that's the victim blaming saying it's his fault. He loved his students too much. I mean, and from everything that we've heard and all the research that you found, it sounds like he was genuinely just an amazing teacher who wanted to help make kids' lives better. And that's all we can ask from educators. I mean, that's I know that's why I'm in it. If it I can for the money, touch, you know, one or two kids and, you know, when they're adults and if they're ever asked, cause you know, we all, we all go to these like seminars or trainings or whatever, where it's like, you know, where you're asked like someone that was a positive influence in your life. Like if I have students that ever use me, like that will just be perfect. Like everything worth know. it. I've done my job. Well, I remember Mr. Levin didn't have to be a teacher. He grew up in a very wealthy family. Right. He still chose to be a teacher. I mean, of all professions, that one makes one of the least for the most amount of work. So clearly he was not in it for the income and the Bronx of all places in the 90s. So um, and that's the story of how Jonathan Levin was tortured and killed by his former student. That is so heartbreaking. I know. And it's scary because think about it. How many kids we come across, how many of them will end up murdering someone? (gasps) I can point out the ones. (laughs) But it's a a sad reality. Like when you see, when you see kind of that writing on the wall and not that you're trying to put a stereotype, not that you're trying, I mean, you know, that's one of the other things too. We are trying so hard to help break the cycle and influence these kids in Mm -hmm. better ways. That way they have a better life. Like you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be your parents. You don't have to be, you know, I, I'm currently have one student I have in the back of my brain. I mean, he just, it was when I was teaching third grade, he has it rough. Mm -hmm. He, his life, like, I can see what it's done to him and how he's jaded and he could live that life of 
being a thug and all the things, but he has a genuine heart of gold. Yeah. Like I, in those one-on-one moments with him, I'm like, don't be this kid. Like, I know you don't want to be like, I can see the struggle. Yeah. It's just so hard. Well, and that's why I get mad when people who had decent lives growing up or even well off are like, well, you can easily, like they chose to live that life. You know, they could have done something Mm -hmm. different. And I'm like, you guys really don't know what it's like. Like, for example, my husband says it to me all the time. Well, you made it out. Yeah, I'm one of the few who didn't repeat the cycle. And so it's it's hard to get out of it when all you're surrounded by is bad influences. And that's all you know. Mm-hmm. You don't really know any different. You think it's normal that your parents, when you're six years old, are going out partying and leaving you home alone with your baby si- sister. Right. You know, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, all of us teachers kind of do it. You can pinpoint someone who's going to get into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But there is one student that I am pretty sure was a sociopath. Oh, my gosh. Like, I have said it over and over. I wouldn't be surprised if he hurt somebody. Mm, and that's so sad. Yeah, but I mean, he has... And he, not that I'm a psychologist, but... The signs, you know, he tried to set his house on fire. He brought bullets to school. He felt no guilt for anything he ever did. No remorse. He had no genuine emotions. It's, it was, it it was questionable and scary. (laughs) It was always scary because he would look at me like he's planning my murder. Right. And that's always hard. Oh, that's terrifying. And I mean, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. We as teachers, we can't diagnose certain things, but I mean, we're in a profession where we are around a lot of different things a lot of the time. And while yes, we're not medical professionals by any means, we're all smart, educated individuals. And when you see something enough, you're like, "Mm, pretty sure I know what this is. Yeah. Um, (sighs) That was a was a good one that was super good I enjoyed that thoroughly I mean so sad for Mr. Arthur but you mean Mr. Levin there Mr. Levin yeah Arthur Mr. Arthur was the one that went to jail (laughs) in jail yeah see that's that's my my bad I'm like I don't know which one he is I feel bad for the teacher Mr. Levin so sorry yes 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 But so next week, everyone, we've decided to try something a little different. We are going, yeah, we just like to switch it up. We get bored. It is spicy. (laughs) We are. You got to switch things up every once in a while. And by every once in a while, I mean all the time. So we each are going to bring five questions to the table that the other person will answer and we will answer ourselves kind of a Q&A session next week. We don't know what the other person will be bringing. It may or may not have to do with teaching. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I, I'm going to think of fun. some good ones that you're going to have to think hard. And you're going to be like, man, why you got to put me on the spot? Hmm. I know, but it'll be good. Listen, don't ask because my students ask me this all the time what's your darkest secret 
<laughs> what's your darkest secret you're like like mm-hmm. legit since the beginning of the school year they have been asking me that and I'm like there is only one person on this planet who knows my darkest secret and it's my best friend Becca yeah that's my best friend do you know yeah, what secret I'm talking about I do okay I do because you I was there <laughs> I was there I'm part of the story <laughs> You mean when we went to a restaurant out to eat? Uh-huh. That story? <laughs> it was delicious. It was the most delicious meal I think I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> like even Matt doesn't know about it still. That's because we are the best secret keepers of life. Actually, like, okay. that's not true. I'm a terrible secret keeper. But it, when it comes no. to something like this, you don't mess around. But that's the thing. Like, I... I feel okay. Yes, I will agree with that. But like between you and I, like I mean, there are certain things where it's like, no, like yeah. this is going to the grave. Yes. Don't worry, people. I did not murder anybody. No, 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 no. Yet. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we just like to talk about murder. That's all. <laughs> Wait, did I? <laughs> oh my god! You stop right now. Oh, stop it. You know what I'm referencing. Anyways, oh my gosh, I have this massive bruise on my calf because I was wrestling Matt and well, me and the boys, we're all wrestling and he tried to like, I was, I think I was on his back. He tried to like throw me off of him and I took Mm -hmm. him with me though. That was mistake number one. And he landed on my shin and calf. It, I'm all 180 pounds of him. Mm-hmm. I at first thought I broke something, but it is about half of my calf and it's pretty bad. Ouchie. And it was like tender to even walk on. Nobody could touch it for like a week. It hurts so bad. And then I have bruises all up and down my right side and a big long one, probably about seven inches long on my thigh that we don't know where they came from. Yeah. There's like a bunch of spots all over my leg. Matt thinks it's because Duke, my black lab, great Dane is Mm -hmm. stepping on me at night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Cause he like put his paw up to one of like a couple of them and they look like a paw print. Oh my gosh. You got paw print bruises. (laughs) Could Don't you, you imagine? <laughs> like, people are going to have to be like, blink twice if you need help and saving from your dog. <laughs> Is your dog abusing you? SOS. Yes. <laughs> Somebody call, like, dog owner abuse hotline. <laughs> Dogs are abusing me. Dogs abusing me. It's terrible. A terrible life. It is. It's awful. Awful. Anyways. Oh, what's your win? Um, my win was that I didn't have to set an alarm. Oh, yes. I didn't have to set an alarm. You already know this because yes. I posted about it. I slept in till 730 what? on Friday. What? 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 
And I know some people, they're probably like 7.30, that's sleeping in. Yes. Yes. I literally wake up between 5.45 and 6 every day without an alarm. Like that's just my normal body cycle timer clock. And if you think she's lying, she's really not. Because even during the summertime, I call her at seven o'clock my time, which is six o'clock her time. And she's awake and she answers and we talk. (laughs) Yeah. So it's not a lot. Like, I'm not exaggerating. trying to be like, oh, I don't sleep in. No, like legit, I don't. Like legit. She is up no later than 6 a.m. When I... When I like looked at my phone, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, it's 730. It's so late. I love it. That's a great win, actually. It was. What was your win for the week? So my win is not my win, but I'm super proud. So my little sister, Cassie, got accepted into two master's programs. Hey! Hey! Yeah! So uh, she, for the past year, has been applying for a bunch of different master's programs for archaeology. Wait, no? Anthropology. If she's listening, I am so sorry, Cassie. She's going to listen and she's going to call you out. (laughs) Anthropology, my bad. Um, But yeah, the uh, UW, so University of Washington, and then uh, Kansas State as well. So now she's got to choose, though, between the two, and she doesn't know. (laughs) She was really hoping she'd just get into one and the decision would be made for her. But now she has to decide. Oh, yeah. that's tough. My baby sister's going into her master's program. Good job, Cassie. We're so proud of you. Isn't that so cute? Do you remember when she was little? Yeah, when she was like the tiniest little thing. Of when life. she was a fourth grader. Yeah. I think that's when you met her. Yeah, I met her when she was like, she was either fourth, fifth grade when I first met her. Yeah, I'm pretty grade. sure... Oh, no, maybe, maybe she was fifth grade, 11, I bet you. Oh, yeah, so that's, but yeah, we were right, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, isn't that cute? Oh, my gosh. My baby's growing up. She is your baby. Well, she's not only your baby, she's your mini-me. She is my mini-me, and she's 10 years younger than me. She's 23. It's gross. Isn't that crazy? Like, she's at, like... Hopefully not anytime soon, but baby making age. You know what I mean? My other little sister already made a baby. Like, shit's getting crazy. Like, I'm an adult. You what? We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I said, I want to make a baby. Well, you can take mine. No. Which no one takers. Can, which one can we have? Any of them. All of them. That's Any. Fine. Did I tell you Dean shaved his head? Oh, my God. You didn't tell me that, but that doesn't surprise me. So, guys, Dean has a very classic look to him. And he has big blue eyes. He, And when he has that classic haircut with the little swoop over, he's so freaking adorable. And then my brother came into town and he cut Riker's hair. And then he was like, okay, Dean, you're up. And apparently he asked Dean, what do you want? And Dean said, take it all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why the F would my brother listen to a six-year-old? So in the middle of freaking winter, this kid is almost bald. (laughs) He looks like a cancer patient, especially with how, you know how skinny he is. Yes, he's skinny and all the, oh my goodness. Like you can count every rib and vertebrae, like everything. It is so disgusting. And I swear we feed him. 
so you now do. I will vouch for her. He's just, he's a little grazer though. He's like a bird. Yeah. He just continually eats, but small amounts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So now he has no hair to keep him warm. Of course we wear hats, but still hair makes a big difference. Absolutely. And then I keep telling him he looks like the avatar from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But, oh my god, I have another win. Oh, wait. Dean had his first sleepover. Oh, that's awesome. Friday night, right after school, Friday afternoon after school, he went straight to his friend's house and spent the night. Oh. It was so cute. I grow up so And everyone's like, did he want to come home? And I was like, no. Even when she dropped him off, he still didn't want to come home. And they're like, did you cry? No, slept like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) He was with a good family, so I had nothing to worry about. But best sleep of my life. (sighs) It was great. That's awesome. Yay. Oh, our boy. He's off to such big, bright things. He's such a turd. And weird and amazing. It's great. Little mini humans. Anyways. Or just a mini corn dog. I'll set up with that for now. <gasps> a mini corn dog. I love corn dogs. You too. And if I can't have a mini human, then I guess I'll just have a mini corn dog. You know what you need? So Coco needs a friend. You need to get a munchkin, Katie more animals uh yeah you need a munchkin cat have you seen them no you need to google it right now like now munchkin cats are the best munchkin and you could call it mini i'm just saying i'm waiting for your response we shall give you time hang on i'm googling it right everyone give her think time (laughs) oh my gosh it's like the size of a sausage it's aren't the ears adorable? They're so cute. It's like the cat version of a dachshund. I'm into it. Isn't it so cute? You need one. Coco needs one. Coco needs a munchkin cat, not me. <laughs> well, she needs a friend for when you're away. I, I am her friend. For when oh you're away. God, when I got home today, she was like, meow, 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 like talking. Oh, yeah sat on my lap for like an hour I'm like you never want anything to do with me you did anyone take care of her my dad stopped by and saw her okay yeah cute I have no kitty I know poor Nelly Belly my nails okay (laughs) I rebound quickly (laughs) sorry you're like and we're done and said moment over Yep, my cat's dead. We're moving on. <laughs> and I guess that's what a better way to end the episode. <laughs> my cat's Just, dead. Bye, guys. Bye. Teaching is like sauerkraut. Moral, like lessons you are learning here, people. Lessons. Mm-hmm. Teaching is like sauerkraut. <laughs> that's hilarious. I hate sauerkraut. Ew, do you like sauerkraut? No, ew. Oh, Okay. See, exactly. Either you love it or you hate it. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, folks. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.